0: Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction.
1: I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system.
2: But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh,
0: find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it.
1: All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so called fiction, Johnny Profita, broadcasting deep behind enemy lines up north, northwest, somewhere in the Pacific, undisclosed location <laughs> on another little family vacation. And back with me, of course, in Hillbilly Land, uh, the Richmond, north of Richmond. Justin Hillbilly Boyd Campbell, what's up, man?
2: Oh, nothing too much. You know, I'm not a I'm not a big uh, country music fan, generally speaking. But there are some things that I do enjoy, and that folksy types that folksy type of uh, of music like that. I I really I really like that.
1: Yeah, I gotta I gotta be honest. I'm not a big country fan either, but I like that song. And it's not just because of the the message of it or the lyrics or anything. It's just it's a, it sounds good has got a nice voice, music's nice, nice rhythm. That's one of those things with I don't know, like political song, like protest songs, whatever they want to call it. It has to be good first. And I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of the entertainment from the left in America is it's never it's always about the the message before the art and so it's like they're forcing whatever their agenda is into these movies, these TV shows, these songs and it's not only do we not like the message but like even if the 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 message was bad like you could still maybe appreciate whatever the product was that they were using to convey the message but it's like nope the the movie sucks the song sucks and the message is just terrible usually and if you're going to have some sort of message that you want to get across to society, it has to be a good song or a good show or a good movie first, and then you can work in your political agenda.
2: That's like the uh, the Jason Aldean song that got everybody all pissed off and then ended up becoming a number one hit and all of that stuff. Like. I hated that that song became popular because it was just a bad song. Like it this, this is actually like a, <clears throat> a more conservative messaging to, and really the way that he, uh, the lyrics and everything, it's a much more libertarian messaging type of a, of a song. And it's actually a really good song. Like the, the Jason Aldean song just straight up sucked. The first time I heard it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is trash. And immediately like changed the station. Cause most of what i the, the, the main station that I can pick up around here is that that can st- that sticks with me from home all the way to work is a country station. So I listen to country more than I would like to a lot of times. And the first time I heard the song, I was like, ah, fuck this. I can't do it. I had to change it. And then it become a number one hit because the fucking left had to go like re and make it and make it become a thing but this song this the anthony oliver song is actually like really good and it's really good as a song not like yeah like even if you just remove the messaging messaging and you're just listening to the song it's a really good song i think it's yeah, very like you, it's very appealing to the ears
1: yeah if you didn't speak english and you had no idea what he was saying you would still be like i think you should be like hey this is a pretty good song even if you don't like country it's just objectively uh pretty good song i think well that's the
2: problem with the the entertainment industry like you were saying like as a whole is they don't make good products it doesn't matter if they're trying to shoehorn in a gay couple in every single show and all of this uh, and and all of the diversity and equity and inclusion and all the other bullshit the problem is that they make the product about that instead of making a good product and then having that be a part of it. I, I watched a I watched a show a while back, um, and it was from like 2015 or 2017, some something like that. But uh, it was called uh, Friends from College, and like there's a gay couple in it because everything has to have a gay couple. Except that if you if there wasn't literally a wedding episode where the gay couple gets married, you would never know that because they don't make the show about that. They make a good show, and then they have these people that are a part of the show you know kind of like your regular life like i'm sure you have gay friends and everything else and like i do and like they don't make their existence all about that thing that just happens to be a thing as well and like you know we want we want we want a product that reflects the real world and and is actually realistic instead of having all of this stuff just like rammed down your throat and that's right. all that the, that's all that it's about it's not even a good product because it's exclusively about that one thing yeah
1: yeah and you see it a lot with uh comedy especially like people that try to do political comedy like if it's a funny joke that like makes fun of libertarians or something I'll laugh at it but it has to be funny it can't just be this like blatant uh, attempt to just get across like some political objective and it actually it it really hurts your message when you don't put out a good product first like make it subtle and then yeah people are much more uh open to whatever you're trying to convey and yeah it's just all around a a much better approach when you yeah shoehorn in something and you're forcing these issues on people yeah nobody wants to nobody wants to they don't search that they're not looking for something to be like overtly political or have some sort of cultural message agenda Uh, most people aren't searching that out when they're looking to be entertained they're looking to be entertained first and it's okay yeah if you happen to have a message that uh you know is thought-provoking or you know plays to their sensibilities and they like that message like it's an added bonus
2: i don't understand why the supposedly underrepresented uh demographics don't get mad about it because like the way that they portray these characters there's nothing unique or original about them the only thing that they bring to the show to the product is the fact that they are gay, a black woman, a woman, Hispanic, like whatever yeah. the whatever the box is that they checked right. by adding this character. That's all they bring. They don't. There's there's nothing unique about them. There's nothing interesting about them. They don't have any type of character development or backstory or anything. It's it's I'm the I'm the gay person in the show. And that's yeah. what makes me interesting. I, yeah. that's,
1: and special and wonderful. Yeah, it, it's so patronizing. <laughs> it's just like, yep. Yeah. This is all you have to offer society is this the most like shallow interpretation of who you are.
2: Right. If they were doing that with rednecks, I'd be like, can we at least like get a good interpretation? Like just write the character well and let them also be a redneck. Like you don't have to just make it all about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this song in particular, like it should speak to just about everybody. I mean, it's not like over like just because he has like a Southern accent and he's like a farmer that lives off the grid or something. And, you know, he's talking about inflation and how beaten down the the common worker is and everything like that should speak to both sides of the aisle. He wasn't saying like, Oh, this is, you know, all because of Democrats or, or, you know, this is all Biden's fault. Like I I don't think he mentions anything about uh, that. He just mentions like, you know, politics in general. Like the government has been beating down the common man and it's speaking to a lot of people, which is what we spent a lot of last week talking about, where it's like, oh, everything's fine with the economy. Look at all these metrics that we can point to. And it's just like, yeah, no, you are so out of touch with uh, the vast majority of the American people. And it's, it's these elitists in the corporate press and in Washington and, yeah, on the left, I don't know, Hollywood or whatever that have no idea what the average person has been going through the last few years and, and so they just like i guess they have a, a knee-jerk reaction to hate this song um it's yeah, it's a little bizarre to watch the people freak out over the song kind of like kind of on the same level with the um try that in a small town where they just assume like he what he, he never said like oh yeah like all these black people are you know, if they ever try to ride in my town or whatever, we're going to take them down. He was just talking about uh, violent people in general. And the left kind of shows their true colors where they assume that he means black people or people of color.
2: Yeah. Um, and so that we know who the real racists are out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like everything just distills down to, yeah, you're immutable characteristics that uh, people with a little deeper uh, thought process <laughs> and appreciation for for people um they look more into someone's character you would say than than just yeah whether what their sexual preference is or their gender or their uh skin color but yeah i, I was a little i mean i'm not surprised by the the knee-jerk reaction from the the corporate press trying to like demonize this guy but it is, uh, it is a little bizarre to that, you know, people uh, that, I, I guess, um, are on the left side of the aisle can't relate to what he's talking about. And it's ju- I guess it's just because, like, their party is in power. I wonder if this guy would have come out with this song when, like, Donald Trump was president, if it would have had the same effect that it's having right now.
2: That's a, well... I guess that's kind of a uh a double-edged sword because while we know that a lot of it was kind of uh built up and it wasn't necessarily real the economy was pretty good then i guess prices were low and and you know like the the cost of living wasn't as high so it's
1: yeah we hadn't felt the effects of all these government policies yet but right. if, yeah so it's like if like if we were in the same situation and republicans were in control of the white house would this guy come out with this song and would it like would it gain the popularity of of all these people on the right if they're part, like because it's like when the song comes out i guess the implication is that current administration is responsible for everything which is yeah i mean it's just so ridiculous. We have such small um, time frames for blaming. It's like, yeah, even if like the the second day or something that Biden was in office and the economy tanks, it was like people would be blaming Biden for it, even though he had like no time to actually ruin anything further than it's already been screwed up. But it's just like, yeah, you have to look at the all these government policies in totality. You know, in total. Yeah, you, know, you can't just be like, oh yeah, everything was great when Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, but he also spent seven trillion dollars uh his last year. So it's like that takes that sort of inflation takes a, a while to work its way through the economy. It's not gonna just be this instant, um, instant problem for Americans. And that's why I think by not mentioning specific um political things that this song. It's it's just an indictment of government overall, or at least that's kind of what I read into it. But maybe that's just my personal bias coming in.
2: Yeah, and and Richmond is also the the capital of Virginia. And and if you've ever spent much time in Virginia, like Virginia as a whole is pretty nice. It's a it's a beautiful state. When you're in Richmond, fuck that place. <laughs> I, I I spent I spent a couple months out there running a facility uh while they were between uh facility managers and they had me set up in a hotel in Richmond and it fucking sucked but there was a guy that ran a maintenance shop that did all of the all the service work at the facility and he he runs a big ranch like just outside of richmond like 10 10 maybe 10 miles outside of town and that's where i spent all of my weekends like i would just drive out there and spend the whole weekend hunting and and like not be in because richmond itself is a fucking hellhole so and like that's what he's ta- and that's and it's because of that political element like it's the it's the capitol building it's the downtown scene it's it's like a washington dc extension like and that's what he's talking about is those Types like they're they're divorced from they're divorced from reality, and the people who are literally ten miles outside of town that don't want anything to do with that shit and just want to live their lives and and have have the opportunity to make a good living and not to be run roughshod over by those people in in Richmond in DC in these capital yeah uh, capital cities
1: yeah well and the the song definitely hits home harder with like those those type of people have been just so demonized and just marginalized by uh like all of hollywood and the corporate press and everything you know it's just like they just refer to them as like flyover country they don't matter it's it, what happens on the you know it's california it's new york uh what happens on the coast those are the you know the things that matter like these That's why, you know, they want to get rid of the electoral college and everything like that, because these people, we we shouldn't be listening to them. They're backwards. They're rednecks. They're, you know, they're ignorant. They have no idea what's going on. And so I, I understand why the song hits home harder with those type of people. But man, anybody I think that's been struggling the last few years should be able to relate to what this guy's singing about. Um, It doesn't just have to be uh, like a a Republican right wing message or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't know, I guess maybe because like the, the left solution, I've seen people be like, yeah, our solution is that we need more unions. And that's the problem. Like their, their solution is always more top down government led things versus what this guy clearly wants is just to kind of be left alone and have the freedom to to carve out your own path. Yeah. But there, I mean, the the problems are all being identified by the, you know, the Bernie Sanders uh, group and, you know, right wing, whatever. Like everyone's feeling what these issues are. And I think one, one political perspective has a better approach to what the solution should be. I mean, we've talked extensively about how all of these government programs have just caused more and more problems, no matter how much more money you give them, no matter how much, how many more resources, how many more committees and super committees and agencies and all these bureaucracies. We just keep growing this thing and the problem keeps getting worse and worse. And it's, you know, it's baked into the cake here. It's it's the incentive structure. It's the nature of government. It's. uh, It's pretty funny. I, you know, I had to take a ferry to get. I'm in Orcas Island right now. I had to take a ferry to get out here, and I just got done taking a bunch of ferries in uh, in Greece. You know, to to get to the different islands, right? So the the ferries in Greece are all privately run. There's a bunch of there's like two or three different companies, and when you watch these ferries come in, it's like they are on time and they are in and out in like 12 to 15 minutes. They're loading up cars, they're loading up, you know, hundreds, or maybe even thousands of people. Like some of these ships are huge. And it's like they have it down to a science. And it's like boom, boom, boom. We're it, they're out, they're in. Let's let's get out of here. And when I got to the the ferry here, it was like two forty five or something. Our ferry was at Three forty-five, and at about three fifteen, the two o'clock ferry is rolling in. <laughs> they're making it an and I'm watching this thing, and it's like they're sitting there for like forty minutes, loading this thing, unloading and loading this thing up. And I'm like, man, th- th- this shit's like taking forever. Why are they moving so slow? Why are they an hour behind? And uh, my sister's like, oh, well, these are is these are run by the government. <laughs> this is a government ferry, and it's just like, yeah, that that tells you all you need to know. They've got all the time in the world. Uh, They're not in a hurry. They're not in a rush. It doesn't matter if they're an hour late because it's the only game in town.
2: Yeah. They have no incentive to be efficient or effective because they're getting paid the same either way. It doesn't matter if they make seven trips or two trips today, they're, they're going to get paid the exact same.
1: Yeah. And in fact, if they do a worse job, oftentimes they'll just get rewarded with more money.
2: Right, because you're you're failing, which means we need to add funding so that we can do better.
1: Yes, it's always an issue of money. Uh, That that's just give us more. Like that's how they measure everything. They don't measure the results. Like look how much we're spending on education. It's like that's great. Um, You keep spending more and more, and the results are abysmal. So maybe it's not a spending problem. If the results were better before you started spending all this money, maybe. Maybe it's not an issue about how much you're spending. It's just like this thing that politicians love to point to how much legislation they passed and how much spend, I mean, inherent in that is spending, right? They don't pass legislation without spending any money. It's just like, yeah, this is my signature legislation. And I did this and I did that. And um, the results are always terrible. So
2: yeah. Anytime they talk about a spending bill, it's like, um, what's not a spending bill? Like literally everything you'll do is a spending bill. That's-
1: Oh man! And uh, speaking of spending, I saw we we came up with another what was it, nine hundred million or something for Ukraine? Uh,
2: I think it's four hundred million right now.
1: Okay. And then and then uh, the people whose uh, houses were destroyed in a questionable Maui fire, all get a one-time stipend of seven hundred
0: dollars. God,
1: I just love, I love it when government just shows you who they are. I mean, I bet you the vast majority of those politicians will spend $700 on a dinner on like a Wednesday night and not even fucking think twice about it. You know what I mean? It's not even like a special occasion. It's just like, nope, a couple bottles of wine, maybe a nice steak uh, for two, three people. And it's probably about $700. And uh, yeah, that they did the same thing during COVID where they like forced you to sit home. You lost your jobs like um, three months. Here's like 1200 bucks. Good luck. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, man, how out of touch can you be? Not only are you sending billions of dollars to other countries to help with their situation, allegedly, um, you're taking... Astronomical salaries home compared to the average American. And then when something happens to Americans, they're just like, here's here's a little uh walking around money to get you through the week. It's unbelievable.
2: It's it 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 goes back to what we've talked about. I mean, kind of the theme of the last couple of weeks is the tone-deafness and the complete like break from reality that these people live in. Uh, they, yeah. they don't, they have absolutely no fucking clue about anything that has to do with the average American, period. Yeah. Like, they
1: should have to live on whatever the average American is living on. That should be one of, that would be maybe some legislation that I would pass. And it's like, oh, if you just gave pe- people in Maui 700 bucks, I don't know how long they expect that to last them. But it's like, then you have to live on seven. Like, just, just try it out. Try living on at seven hundred bucks in DC and see how see how long that gets you. It's just crazy how um, how flippant they are with you. Give them seven hundred bucks. How do they even come up with seven? Just make it around thousand at least. (laughs) Round number. Where
2: do they come? Where do they come up with these numbers? It never makes any sense. It's not like there's no what's the what's the math that went into this?
1: Yeah, but it's like so your house burned down in Maui, like you have insurance. Okay. But like, it's going to take forever for all these insurance claims to come through. Meanwhile, you have to do like, you have to go somewhere with your family probably. Right. Um, your Maui, I think I've heard, I've never been to Hawaii, but I've heard it's pretty expensive. You know, I don't think you can just like, uh, set up in a a hotel or something for 700 bucks. That's that, that's not going to get you more than a few days.
2: Yeah, right? I can't I can't imagine Maui is cheap. I can and I can't imagine so I mean I can't imagine $700 goes very far there.
1: Right. And so it's like okay, well maybe you fly you have some family somewhere in the continental US, you fly there. That what's one round trip ticket is probably 5-600 bucks depending on where you're going. I mean, this is just like I mean people, I guess you have to be prepared, like you have to have savings and things like that like you should not be dependent on the government, but the the fact that the government should know just like the precarious situation most Americans are in, and then this is their their solution is seven hundred dollars it's it's pretty fucking it's hilariously insulting, and everybody gets upset about it on the left like they just want more government spending you can't you can't just depend on them for that. Well, They're, what was you're this, never going to get
2: it. What was the stat? I know we talked about it a, a couple weeks ago the like the number of Americans who couldn't afford an emergency $400, yeah. it was
1: 46% bill. I think of adults. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, and this is like, oh, your entire um your entire life just went up in flames. So you have nothing. <laughs> like literally here's $700, good morning. luck. Yeah, here's 700 bucks. Don't spend it all in one place. It's like, all right. Wow and that's like you know this is the Biden administration they're like the you know democrats historically are the ones that love to give away welfare and all kinds of um programs to people in need why why aren't they giving more
2: well the the more they go down this path of not contributing and not doing anything not living up to the to the campaign promises and everything else the further it's starting to push some people who had who had been on the left, uh, and probably by all accounts still are on the left, uh, away from them. Did you see the, uh, there has a tweet that said, uh, the rapper that famously made the fuck Donald Trump song, YG, says he will vote for Trump in 2024.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that's a solution, but it's a, it's a, it's the correct reaction i think for most people after you see have you see what this administration has done like all of their promises it's just like oh yeah we're going to forgive your student debt and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and it's like there's so much more focused on just indicting trump to prevent him from getting reelected that all these other things just go by the wayside and that's I mean, that's every political party. It's not like uh, Republicans get in there and start fulfilling all their promises either. I mean, how many promises did Donald Trump make the American people that he didn't deliver on?
2: Did you see the timeline uh, where it was like Hunter's Hunter's laptop was verified and then the next day they indicted Trump? And then there was another thing that uh, somebody with ties to the Biden family having some... Sketchy dealings in Ukraine, uh, like was testifying before Congress or something, and then the very oh, next day they so, indict. Like every time, every time there's something that comes up that's that's hitting the Biden family, uh, then there's another Trump indictment. It's like they just keep they just keep rolling these things out as a uh, as a uh, smokescreen.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's it's incredible how many. Indictments. They've, so, is it four now? He's got four indictments.
2: I think we're up to five.
1: Five. So, there's one in New York, and this one was in Georgia. And these state ones, they were saying like, you know, even if he gets elected president or something, like he can't pardon himself because it's a, it's coming from a state. And it's like, and I think they were using like RICO laws to get him for this one, which is like those were designed to take down the fucking Italian mob.
2: I, the the this this one in Georgia is talking about like election tampering or something like was he and and it's not just him it's a whole list of other people who are included in this is like I I don't think like any of those people not only were they not in Georgia on election day I don't think I don't think they were in Georgia like at any point leading up to it
1: <laughs> Yeah it's it's wild man they are actively destroying whatever unity was was left in this country. I mean, the great unifier Joe Biden. That was the other thing, right? He was uh he was running to restore the soul of America and bring dignity back to the White House.
2: He hasn't mm-hmm. done anything but wow. that.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um I couldn't imagine a, a less dignified presidency than Joe Biden's
2: why he has and it's funny how little they talk about it now like they had talked about it a little bit at one point but he's currently rocking some of the the worst uh approval ratings in all of human history and they they've just stopped talking about it like it was it was funny that they talked about it for a few months and then it just kind of went under the table i guess i guess at some point you can't just keep beating that dead horse because it's already dead even though they keep putting him up on stage and beating that dead horse i mean let let the poor man die but like his approval ratings are just like abysmally low and only only to be outdone by kamala harris hers are hers are even worse than his which is just fucking insane
1: yeah well it's obviously it's just because the american people are too stupid to realize how good they have it everything's great
2: bidenomics baby (laughs) yeah
1: it's just like man maybe just take a, a look in the mirror and ask yourself like that uh that that simpsons meme with like is it principal skinner or whatever is like <laughs> maybe it's isn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't me that's the problem he's like no couldn't possibly be me couldn't possibly be anything that i'm doing no it's them clearly it's all them and and we're just getting more and more anecdotal evidence that speaks to the contrary and that rich men north of richmond is is like how many people? Uh, it was like the number one downloaded song on iTunes or something, like millions of downloads. Um, yeah, it's just, it's completely blowing up.
2: Yeah, and, the YouTube video, everything. Like it's, it's, it's getting, it's doing rounds on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Like every, every platform that that is on, it is just blowing up
1: yeah because it's a good song and it's resonating with a lot of people <laughs> like i don't think it would be uh blowing up nearly as much if um at, like everybody that heard it wasn't like fuck man this guy this guy gets it
2: so speaking of uh the trump indictments and the biden crime family did you see where um hunter's lead the lead lawyer for hunter biden has Asked, has asked the judge to be dismissed from the case because they believe he'll be called to testify at a later date.
1: Now, I saw the head the headline just after you mentioned it, I think before we started recording, but I did not read anything anything about it. what What is he going to be called to testify for?
2: Uh, hang on. I'll, I'll read from this. So based on recent developments, it appears that the negotiation and drafting of a plea agreement and diversion agreement uh, will be contested. And Mr. Clark is, uh, percipient, is a percipient witness to those issues. So um, the gun charges or the gun possession charge and uh, the, uh, what was it? The tax evasion side of it i the lawyer has more or less known about all of that stuff and so he is likely to be called as a witness uh because they're not it doesn't seem like they're uh, so the judge you remember the judge rejected the plea the plea deal because of all these writers that they kept trying to tag on and so now it's gonna to go to now it's gonna to go to trial. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna let him plead out. They're gonna actually try to convict him, it seems like, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh but anyway, so because of this guy's connection to all of that, there he's going to he's probably gonna end up being a witness. So he can't uh it would be a, a conflict for him to remain in Impressive. as uh, and you don't get any unconflict. sort
1: of uh what happened to attorney client privileges
2: apparently that has limitations
1: maybe he wasn't the attorney at the time uh
2: that's knowledge of these things uh, yeah Hmm.
1: it's interesting yeah so
2: yeah it is is very interesting the way this whole thing is like it was it was kind of appalling and offensive the way that they were just going to let him off with a plea deal that wasn't even a slap on the wrist like it There was, it was a nothing, it was a giant nothing burger. It was like, okay, well, you did all these things, so we're going to let you plea out and you're going to have literally zero consequences for it. Sorry for the inconvenience of taking up your time in this whole ordeal. And, but then they kept because they know there's more on the laptop, they know there's more that's going to come out. This isn't going to be the end of it. So they tried to tack on all this other bullshit to give him immunity from any potential future. Uh, cases with yeah. in regards to his and Joe's corruption with Ukraine and China and everything else. And a lot of this other stuff that's, that's gone on. They tried to tag that on and get him immunity. And then the judge was like, Whoa, this is at which it's a, it was a Trump appointee. <laughs> I can't believe that they let it, like <laughs> it made sense that they got this in a Delaware court because you know that's joe biden's home and everything and you think all right they're definitely going to get like a the cupcake sweetheart deal doing this in in joe's home state but then it went to a it went to a district court with a biden or with a trump appointee and then the judge is like um all this stuff that y'all are trying to tack onto this plea deal for immunity and everything else like this is highly irregular and 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 he was like i'm not going to i'm not going to allow this you're going to have to go back and uh, yeah do it well, all over again
1: yeah they're, they're trying to basically protect him from everything that they're doing to donald trump right now which is like people just keep tacking on uh bullshit and in in his case it's like we have we actually have very good evidence of a lot of these things there's pictures there's videos there's emails there's phone calls there's eyewitnesses there's there's a lot uh more than they have for any of these trump indictments but it's like yeah Uh, We don't want them coming back at us for any of these things like we're doing to Donald Trump. So let's try to protect ourselves as best we can. And they got called on their bullshit, which is as if the right
2: would ever as if the right would ever use their playbook against them and go after them like that, like that. That's that's why Republicans are so spineless is because they see this gets done to them. And then when they get power, they won't turn around and go right back yeah. at them the same. way. Yeah, no,
1: they'll just grandstand and then they'll form some sort of uh, investigation committee or whatever. And nothing will come of it.
2: No, no, like never all the Fauci forward.
1: stuff. Nothing's going to happen to Fauci. So even though
2: they've got him.
1: Yeah. I mean, they got him dead to rights for for lying, for perjury himself. And it's just like, come on, man. nothing's going to happen. Even I mean, Rand Paul is like kind of trying to do stuff. You just know nothing's going to happen to him.
2: Right. Yeah. And then just there's there's no political will on that side. They want to be they want to be above the fray and they want to pretend that they're better than all of that. And they're not going to stoop to that level. Fuck that. Throw all of your political enemies in prison and forget that they ever existed. Like this is this is not how politics is played. Like you have to yeah. you have to be the king dick.
1: Well that's the that's the role that Republicans play, right? They get demonized. like no matter what they do, the Democrats are going to call them like the worst things on earth. So you might as well just go for broke and, and try to go at like play, you know, try to beat them at their own game. But Republicans don't they just um they take the beatings and then they they sit there as like this opposition that everybody can hold up and be like, yeah, look how bad these guys are. And they're they're stopping us from doing this. They're stopping us from doing that. But they don't really stop anything. They just That's- kind of uh, put up little speed bumps.
2: Yeah. To get they, the they need to double outside. down. and They need to double down and be everything that the left says that they are like, I am a racist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, redneck Nazi. 100%, you might as well, like
1: they're just going to call you that either way. So go for broke. Embrace it. <laughs> oh man, what a goddamn disaster.
2: Don't sell yourself short on your dream of being a bigot. You can do it. They're going to say that you are anyway. <laughs> Anything right. else you want to talk about today?
1: Um. Well, you know, we forgot to, I think on Friday, we were supposed to talk about that, um, speaking of try that in a small town that that fight that broke out in was it Montgomery, Alabama? Yeah. I think we forgot to do that, but I don't know if it's too late now.
2: <laughs> I don't know. People are starting to get charged and and uh getting picked up on on warrants and stuff for that. So it's it went from being a why why can't we just let like a brawl happen and then just everybody move on with their life like, well, we got to go arrest people and shit. Like take all the fun out of it.
1: Oh, yeah, there was like, a lot, I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, oh, yeah, try that in a small town. It's like, uh, I don't know if that's a small town.
2: Yeah, Montgomery is not a small town yeah. for one. But yeah, there was, but uh... it's also
1: like, even if you you take the, the small town lyrics or the song, you know, it, the spirit of the song, it's like, well, some guys were trying to like fuck around with the security guard and the small town rattling around and and kicked the shit out of them and like problem solved and then the cops came and started you know, broke things up arrested everybody it was
2: it was a prime example and it also proves that Jason Aldean's song was not racist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun to have some video for that on Friday but we got a little sidetracked I guess. Um yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's been kind of a slow uh
2: Slows. I'd say we can tease out the the two big things that I was hoping to talk about this Friday on on the live stream, tease it out and give people something to look forward to is, uh, you know, we, we you touched on the Maui fires a little bit, I wanted to talk about some of the connections of that and then other fires that have been going on across both the U.S. and in Canada uh, here over the last several weeks and, and how that all seems to really be kicking up. Uh, with a certain narrative attached to it, obviously. And also, did you see the, uh, the Argentinian primaries where the, the, uh, far right libertarian candidate, uh, I I
1: just, I just saw, yeah, people talking about it on Twitter that they elected a libertarian.
2: It's the primaries. The, the actual election will take place. Uh, I can't remember. It's like three, three or four weeks from now. I think it's, it's sometime in October. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. So I'm gonna that,
1: have to I'm gonna have to study up on that for Friday's episode then, because yeah, Argentina, man, they've they've been having a really rough go of it lately. Like they they've had really bad inflation. Their economy has has been uh, in the shitter for a few years now. If you want to go someplace where the dollar still still stretches a long way, go to Argentina, go to Buenos Aires, and you can live like a king.
2: There and there's a lot of. This type of movement that has been happening across South America over the last several years. So it's really cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think those make some, for some pretty good live live yeah, episode topics on Friday.
1: That candidate that you're talking about, he was uh, he's like an Austrian, comes from the Austrian school, right? Economics. Yeah. yeah. So he's he at least understands the problems that Argent Argentina has been going through, and I think that's probably why he got some attention because he can articulate them. And uh, he has solutions that make sense. We don't have to overcomplicate these things. Uh, Economics is one of those things that they love to um, overcomplicate and obfuscate what's actually going on with all this Keynesian nonsense. And it's actually quite simple when you really get down to it. All right. So, yeah, um, we'll be back on Friday. We'll do a, a live episode. And then, yeah, I don't know if I'll I'll put some stuff out for the Substack this week or not. I'm I'm on a little family vacation here. I might have to go do some family stuff. I don't get to see these people very often. So it should be a a pretty fun week for me. But then we'll be back uh, business as usual on Tuesday. And yep, I'll uh, I'll link to everything in the description for the episode. You can become a supporting listener of this show, or subscribe to the Substack to get some extra content and some happy hours every other Friday. Had a good one. Uh, was it last Friday? Yeah, when last Friday went for a long time after you signed off. Actually, okay. I was glad
2: that I got to hang around for as long as I did. It was uh, the uh, my my night started fairly slow at work, and then once it started picking up, I had them. To... I had to jump out, but I I enjoyed getting the chat for as long as I did.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, it's there might be some pretty interesting things in the works here. Uh that we were I was talking to somebody on the happy hour who will remain nameless and he has some grandiose plans for uh for some interviews. So that could be kind of cool. Oh, I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be with Robbie the Fire at the um Summer Porch Tour in Seattle on the twentieth. So that is uh Sunday this coming Sunday. I don't know where the where the address is or if he's posted that yet he's uh, he's gonna send that to me, but yeah, I'm gonna be hanging out with the, with that guy. get get my uh, first summer porch tour experience. I'm looking forward to that. If you are in and around the Seattle area, maybe maybe try to stop by see if i don't know if you can get tickets still or, or how that works but maybe go to robbythefire.com or whatever or, and uh and see if you can get in on that because i think it's gonna be a lot of fun looking forward to that so yeah do all that for us and we'll be back on friday with a brand new episode for you and until then you know the drill just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction peace back home and
0: drown my troubles away it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to, for people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. For miners And not just miners On an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to eat And the old beast Milking welfare God, if you're five foot three And you're three hundred pounds Taxes ought not to pay For your bags of fudge rounds Young men are putting themselves Six feet in the ground Cause all this damn country does Is keep on kicking them down You do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do, cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end, cause the rich men, north or My soul working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay.